Hello and welcome and thank you for tuning in to Habits of Influence, a project by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs, where we discuss the good, the bad and the ugly aspects of building a movement and hopefully provide insight as well as motivation for your business journey. Through the combined expertise of 34 years in business, your hosts Magdalena Hanna and Ian Mannheimer are here to empower and indirectly mentor you whilst you become the person others wish to follow. There's one thing each of us entrepreneurs needs and wants to learn, and that's the ability to craft a compelling enough message that would not only bring clarity into the reason behind our online presence, but first and foremost, for the ability to attract the perfect clients. Lead generation, especially the one that doesn't require hours of chasing potential clients online day in, day out, seems to still be the biggest challenge every business owner faces and tries to improve. And what about attracting perfect clients that are not only aligned in terms of values and willingness to do the work, but also characterized by one important thing, ability and preparedness to pay high prices. Even though getting top tier level clients seems to be a challenge for some, there are others who are doing it almost effortlessly. These are the people that understood that use of words in business truly can become a magical secret weapon that transforms your business into a cash cow and puts you on the radar as the industry leader. I'm especially excited today as what a better way to finish season two than to go straight to the source of magic and learn more about the skills all of us have to work on perfecting. Welcome or welcome back to Habits of Influence, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs, where we discuss the good, the bad and the ugly sides of entrepreneurship and building a movement. Today's guest is nothing short of extraordinary. Here's what you could say the master of skillful messaging, community building and turning everyday entrepreneurs into magnets for high paying clients. A person who truly did change his life from rags to riches by skillful use of words. That made him go from $2 in his pocket to $2 million as a digital marketer at the age of just 20 years old, to then taking his knowledge and utilizing his money to creating the secret weapon entrepreneurs use to this day to attract top-tier clients. And that is high-ticket organic marketing. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Brian Campbell a fellow marketer, master communicator, and my personal friend. Let's dive right in. Hi, Brian. It is so freaking awesome to have you on the show. I've been looking forward to this moment for a very long time, believe it or not. <laughs> hey, Magdalena, thanks for having me on the show. Um, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. That was, was very nice of you. If I could, you know, say more, I would say more because there's so much to you that actually I could keep going but the intros are supposed to be short so yeah we're gonna we're gonna get in there during the conversation I think <laughs> <laughs> so Brian I, I want to dive right in because you've been in business for a very very long time I mean you know we we both know that the whole infrastructure the way that business is being run or even the fact you know even online business has really really transformed throughout the years and we remember the times of ppc ads of advertising online so get yourself back in time yeah you there you there do you remember oh, yeah. those times yeah. <laughs> and those were the times that we were using as the only organic method we were using seo right 
a lot of people actually class SEO as being kind of like the culprit of creation of organic marketing in the first place. Because mm-hmm. organic, because marketing was done in a completely different way, wasn't it? So could you get yourself back in time to that moment and just walk us through how you got to the point of actually discovering organic methods of marketing and using it for your business and using it successfully? Okay, it's a great question. Um, so we have to travel through time. Let's go. Like <laughs> year 2000, 2002 and three. Um, I remember when Google ads came out, like it was brand new. So uh, prior to that, I was marketing a lot on eBay and I recruited affiliates just by going to websites that promoted similar products and getting them on the phone and recruiting them as affiliates. So I did that for about two years. And then Google ads came out. I was buying clicks for a dime that I was making $25 a click. So I scaled so fast, right? Well, a year or two later, everyone else figured out how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I lost my monopoly there, but I made a couple million bucks from that, which was sweet. So um, I really had focused on as many pay-per-click campaigns as I could. I was buying all the inventory that I could afford, whether I was making like three cents on the click or a dollar or whatever. So, and, and this affiliate network that I built, right? So those were the two things that I focused on for seven or eight years. And that was my bread and butter. That's all I did. And email marketing, the beautiful thing back then, one to many, I'd sit in a coffee shop, get a chai tea latte and write a message, broadcast it to 250,000 subscribers. And that's all I did. I answered no emails. If someone emailed me a question about if I buy your course, what do you, what I get? I didn't answer any of those. <laughs> and I only, if someone bought the course and like had problems downloading it, I, we would send them a download link, but I didn't answer any. It was beautiful. It was really beautiful for a marketer. Um, things changed. Facebook came out 2007 is when it really started booming. Uh, so at the time I was teaching internet marketing. I waited like five years. I waited till I made like two or 3 million bucks before I ever started teaching online marketing. And uh, my wife at the time, ex-wife now, kept telling me, Facebook, go on Facebook. It's popping. It's booming. So I, as a marketing case study to my marketing list, I said, look, I'm going to go on Facebook. I'm not going to use my audience. I'm not going to tell you guys what I do until I go and do it. Like, I'm just going to check Facebook out. So I went and checked Facebook out. And like within a day, I saw Now, this was beautiful as well. Like, it would be so cool if this still happened. But if you made a friend on Facebook and you made a post, it was at the top of their feed until someone else posted, until their next friend posted. It was 100% organic. If you formed a Facebook group back then, you could message every group member like an email. So (laughs) I said, oh, my God, this is beautiful, right? I was the first person to see it. So I went on to Facebook. Like, after 24 hours, I said, okay. I'm going to make $10,000 in 30 days using nothing but from scratch what I built on Facebook. I didn't tell my list about it, right? All of a sudden, a couple of blogs started crucifying me. This guy's crazy. Like you can't make money on social media, right? Like I was laughed at. So turns out on day 21, I had made $25,131 to put together an offer I scrambled, I built up a group of like a couple thousand people in 20 days and got 5,000 friends within 20 days. 
and uh, actually wanted to document that. So I took the first 10,000 I made, the 10,000 I said I was going to make, and I wanted to give that away as proof that I did it. So the one blog, John Chow, who said, this guy says he can do it. Everyone else is saying it can't be done. Yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see if he can. He was like the only one that gave me kudos. And I didn't know John Chow, right? I mean, you've probably heard of him. Uh, yeah. Pretty major guy. So I flew out the chapters in Vancouver, gave him the 10 grand to prove that it was so easy at the time. I wanted to go down in history as being the first to do that. So um, that's there. You can Google it. Brian Campbell, John Chow, $10,000 giveaway. You can see me handing him the check. Chapters Bookstore, Vancouver. Um, so that was the beginning of organic marketing for me. Then over the next couple months, I um, made a $5,000 offer. That was the platinum level. Also had a gold and silver level. Uh, the highest level was 5,000. I sold 50 platinum memberships and a couple other tiers as well. So um, there was a book written about it by TC Bradley. I'm a whole chapter in God Made Millionaire about that campaign. He's a host on like the Christian TV network, Trinity Broadcasting, right? Um, so, um, and actually one of my students, Russell Brunson, bought the course, okay? It was a course. It wasn't a coaching program. I didn't have any support. You just had access to the training. That was it. Um, although I did talk to a lot of those people, but Russell Brunson came in, took the course. Six months later, he was teaching basically a lot of what was in that course. So he didn't stand out at the time, but... He's definitely my most famous student, you know. Um, Gary Vee was just coming out. He was starting to sell wine. He wasn't teaching anything about marketing yet. So that was the time. And it was, it was really cool to discover that because I knew, I knew it would be monumental to give away that 10 grand because I knew that Facebook, social media would change the way things work forever. Mm. Yeah. And to, to, to kind of give you an overview to anybody who's listening or watching the podcast these were the times where what my first email list that I actually signed up for they were about everything and anything right it wasn't like oh somebody had a niche or a topic or whatnot and and they were just sticking to it everybody was doing everything so whenever you received emails digital marketing back then was you could receive an email from the same person about losing weight one day then getting the love of your life the next day and then about some other strange crap <laughs> And nobody was actually I, surprised. I was already teaching niche marketing for a couple of years at that point. I mean, I had courses with hundreds of hours of training on that. You know, I've always been a content, like crazy content. I have 2000 hours of content on my hard drive that I've like paid content, you know, I've always focused on that. <laughs> I wanted to be cheeky when he was speaking like one of my most known clients, Russell Brunson is like, who? <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> who? <laughs> Yeah, but speaking of Russell, and because he's, it's, it's kind of like, yeah, you, you're saying it was it was the beginning back then. But then, like you said, there was a couple of people that had become very, very well known afterwards, and they started doing their own stuff based on what this is built on. Um, and it has caused a massive problem. And especially now, it's very, very prominent. And I know that we both really, really hate that, and we're trying to fight it online. And that is the copycat environment right so everybody because this information has come from uh, two three or four well-known people and everybody just took it they're one with it and everybody started just doing the same things in the same way saying you know same shit about <laughs> same same sets of information and this has created a situation where clients started being more and more 
untrusting towards whatever it is that is happening online is just because right let's let's get back to today there's so much knowledge that you can acquire for free on youtube on, on social media on google wherever you want to find it and because people are not sticking out this is a massive massive problem and here come you <laughs> You are the type of person who, when I first came across you, you really stood out. And I cannot say that about a lot of people. I do have a few people in my environment that really do stand out and are really interesting. But majority of the time, my <laughs> interaction with social media is like, same, same, same. Okay, already been said, yes, yes. It's to the point that I don't know where one person starts and the other finishes. <laughs> I sometimes think that it's just one person writing the same posts. So what, in your opinion, because you've worked with a massive amount of people, what, in your opinion, could be the solution to this massive problem? And why what you do is so important? Okay, so let's identify just, just quickly a little bit more about that problem. I think this is across the board one of the biggest problems in humanity is the idea that you can become wealthy without creating anything. Look, we already have politics and religion that do that. <laughs> they extract value. They're trying to get something for nothing. That's why a lot of people really get upset when you talk about politics and religion. They're not creating value. They're destroying it. I love working with entrepreneurs because bottom line, you have a headache. The only reason you could go get an aspirin out of your counter and cure your headache is because there's an entrepreneur that thought of it, marketed it. We're the problem solvers. We're the people who are actually creating the future. So one, I just want to kill the idea that you can cut and paste and copy your way to making millions of dollars. That was possible in the past. And even with AI, there's people that are going to promote, oh, just, you know, look, you can write a Gary Halbert style sales letter and it can be really good words, you know, but now everyone can do that. Yeah. Right. So, or chat GPT can do that. <laughs> I will say that morally, ethically, you don't deserve to become wealthy if you're not doing something different, creating something new, right? Yeah. Now, on the flip side, we're talking solutions. Like anytime I identify a problem, I go right in the solution land. I don't want to just dwell there, right? So, what are wealthy people looking for? You know, I'm teaching people how to sell high ticket programs and services, right? So, we're not talking about, you know, how to sell a $49 masterclass here. So I work with high ticket client attraction and selling high ticket clients. Like I close $20,000 deals in messenger. I don't do sales calls, right? That's what I teach. So first thing, if Magdalena highlighted this, if everything you say sounds like everything everyone else is saying, you lost the game immediately and eh, gone. Yeah. Because everyone knows they could go to YouTube and probably get that for free, right? They know it, right? So if everything you say smells and, and seems like something everyone else is saying, you're a commodity. They're like, no, I can go get a $49 masterclass that gives me 10 hours on how to do that. I can go to Amazon and get an audio book and just listen to my car. I mean, everyone's aware of that. It's not the information, right? It's no. the experience and the implementation actually working with people. So uh, if we think about great artists, great leaders, um, there's something they have in common. Okay, so the master, someone who's really good at what they do, you're an expert. You're wanting to sell your high ticket services, right? The master hides their weakness. 
keep it a secret, right? Okay. Um, you don't feel comfortable about that. They hide their weakness. The grandmaster uses their weakness. <laughs> so Eminem in eight mile is my favorite example of this. They get down to the final battle rap and all through the movie, there's all these things that make him look bad, right? The guy stole his girlfriend, his friend got shot, all this stuff that's embarrassing. So he, he uses that as fuel. He says, look, I know everything this guy's going to say about me. And he says, yeah, this guy did screw my girl. This guy did do this. You know, I do live in a trailer park with my mom. And he ends it with, tell them something they don't know about me. Psh, drops the mic. The guy had nothing to say. Yeah. So how are we going to attract like wealthy clients? And for me, I'm like, see a lot of the problem of, okay, here's a big distinction. And I, I haven't heard anyone talk about this. So high ticket marketing, right? I'm a high ticket marketer, right? <laughs> Actually, I'll say there's no such thing as high ticket marketing. There really is no such thing. Why? You want to be high value, high service with whatever you do. And if you're charging, let's say $25,000 is your offer. Well, to the people who can afford it, $25,000 is not high ticket. It's low ticket to them. It's affordable. You yeah. don't want to, if you're marketing a $25,000 offer to people who make 50 grand a year, it's called ripping people off. In my opinion, I only want to deal with people who can afford it. That's just my belief about it. You know, like I'm not trying to convince anyone to do anything that's not right for them. I want people that can easily afford it. If someone's making a million dollars a year, 25 grand is a low ticket offer for them. They might not even take it seriously. That's actually a great distinction. I, I, I haven't heard anybody actually speak about this because it is all perspective, isn't it? Like you said, it yeah. depends on who you're addressing your offer to. Yes, of course, if you are dealing with people that are hardly managing throughout the month, this is going to be insane amount of money, right? And yeah. in fact, this causes a lot of outrage online. So how dare they charge that much money? But then again... I think the problem with this is because people cannot communicate that they are a luxury brand or a luxury product or that they are geared towards someone else, not that person that feels outraged, you know, it's like, how dare you charge that much? Yeah. I can't afford it. Well, what is that for you, most likely? So in terms of messaging, what would you think takes a bland kind of blah <laughs> message to that luxury one, to that one that stands out to the right people, the people that can afford that sort of service are interested in that sort of service. Okay, now here's where we're getting into radical stuff here because almost everything that's taught is if you're trying to talk to a low ticket audience and you're trying to sell a high ticket thing and that's the disconnect. So pain point marketing, everyone's been taught that that's the right way to do it, right? Um, I'll say there's a different pain that the luxury person has versus the low ticket person, but I'll just, let's, let's get away from pain points for a second. Lame marketing lame. Who are you talking to? Like, so this is a huge secret, right? You might, if you're looking for strategies and tactics, here's a principle where you don't need strategies. Who are you talking to? And I'll give you an example. Who am I talking to? You know, are you tired and frustrated of not making any money in your business? And every time you launch an offer, it fails because you have the wrong audience and no one takes you seriously. And, you know, aren't you sick and tired and frustrated? Well, come with me. Who's going to respond to that? Honestly, 
who's going to be attracted to that? The people who struggle, obviously. Pitiful people. Any winner, any successful person, and here's this is actually a really cool thing. Even if they don't have the financial success or proof yet, in their mind, they're successful first. So even someone without the money, if you're talking to, are you lame and tired and frustrated and all this stuff? That ain't me. I'm moving on. <laughs> attracted to that, right? Yeah. Like a successful person in their mind, they're willing to sacrifice and suffer, but they don't see it that way. It's an investment in their future, right? So like, that's the most extreme example, you know, but like, how do you talk to a champion? Whole different mindset. And I'll just say for wealthy people, I mean, we could go really deep into this. We don't have time to do it all today. Here, I'll just give you one that's like super powerful. Dwell on this, ponder this. Okay, uh, and I'll tell you people who are high income earners, right? You can think about them as being princes in their kingdom. They're a prince or a princess or a king or a queen. They see themselves as royalty, right? Because look, someone who has money, I've got money. I'm not gonna cut my grass. I don't have to do clean my house. I have maids for that, right? Someone with money, they're not gonna mess around with fixing their car. The broke person's gonna say, man, I need a new headlight. Let me YouTube it and figure out how to do it. The rich person's not gonna deal with that. They're, they might even trade in the car in some cases. This car's getting old. It's starting to break down. So here's the principle. The wealthy person, they don't want what the common people have. If you start to sound like an ebook or a course or a masterclass, something on YouTube, no, that's what everyone else is doing. I want the edge. I've got the money. I want to invest uh, in the thing no one knows about yet. You know? And that's how you need to position yourself. You've got the new way. Because the wealthy people are not stupid. They want the cutting edge. They, they want to invest in the trends. Poor, desperate, broke, unsuccessful people, they're looking at what worked two years ago and they're trying to model that. Yeah. That no longer works. Yeah, yeah. But it takes innovation. It takes, like you said in the very beginning, it takes the mind of a person that's creative, a creator, somebody who is willing to sit down, look at all of the information and say, hmm, I can actually do it better. Yeah. And how do I do that? And that is the kind of person who is going to win essentially at the end of the day. It kind of when you when you were speaking, you know, different types of messaging to different types of people, it's the same kind of misconception with, you know, like you have all those uh, bank statements or, or wins, like celebrate with me, you know, this and that. It's the same situation, right? Because who are you going to attract by all of those things? It's funny because everybody's trying to do it. Everybody's trying to modulate it. But what they don't know is that this is actually going to, hit only the lowest level people. People that are probably yeah. not gonna not gonna be able to afford your course, your product, your service, but they are going to simp, you know, over that bank statement that you <laughs> showed them. If you're bragging about making 10 or 20 grand a month and you're trying to sell that for 10 or 20 grand that offer, it's only gonna impress people who are making way less than 10 or 20 grand a month. Yeah. But at the same time, those people can't quite afford something that's 10 or 20 grand, honestly. Yeah. So that's, that's a big part of the problem. And it is know, the brag is bragging. Like it's not honest. Are we yeah. ever done? Do we ever get there? No. As soon as you get 10 grand a month, you want 30. It's human nature. Yeah. So 
if we promise, look, I'll get you to this level, we've just sacrificed our integrity. Like, legitimate people want to do this. I wanted to say, we're both marketers. Brian, how do you feel about all of this? Because I find it really, really, like I said, dishonest, manipulative. This is not something that should be done. This is not something that is on a higher level. We've already established that. It does have that luxurious feel. Why? Why do people so revert to those tactics? Is it because it's easy? Is it because it's just majority teaching that? Why is what is the case with people insisting on using things that are, you know, those slow level things that that kind of put marketing in a really bad spot? And marketing is so beautiful. It can be an art. Because they've seen other people do it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And also, it's, it's, it's a naive kind of a thing because <laughs> here's the really funny thing. If you're bragging about making 10 or 20 grand a month, you're showing people that that's your limit. That's the highest you've achieved, right? And mm-hmm. we all know someone who says, oh, my client made $23,000 from this. Well, that's the best thing that's ever happened in the whole history of working with you. It's not the average of what you've done, right? So everyone's hip to that. Everyone knows that. But whatever you brag about, you're actually limiting. You're showing people that's the highest you've achieved. Something to really think about, right? You don't realize how much you're, how much, it's like you're playing poker. You're showing everyone your cards. Yeah. You know, just think about it. Whatever you're bragging about, that's because you're basically saying this is the higher level. If If I were to brag about making 30 grand a month, I would be telling everyone 30 grand is a higher level than what I'm at. (laughs) <laughs> now a lot of people won't consciously understand it subconsciously they will because that's what i'm telling you you know so on in contrast if my content said hey i remember when i thought 30 grand was a lot i remember when that was all the money in the world to me and that was so exciting it really drove me to hit that level as soon as i hit it it was boring it didn't matter you know? <laughs> Because that's what the way it goes, isn't it? What does that say to my audience? Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, that's why I love what I do. And I and I think you can resonate with this. Is because, yeah, of course, I do love bragging about my clients and their results. But what I specifically love bragging about is the innovation that they put into the world is that different take is that secret source that they're actually showing to the world because what is beautiful about our clients is like i said if you're working with people on a higher level they think differently they approach business differently and they bring completely different sets of things to the table so whenever there's a brag about my clients it's not monetary it's about what kind of change can they make how this is going to impact the uh, their local society or, or the environment or the wider society or, you know, in general, that's what's beautiful. And I think that's what the industry is lacking is that approach from the point of creation an approach from the point of, hey, let's get together. Let's create something new, something great. That's and, and that's what like the wealthier people are looking for, something new something different. Look, life is exciting based on new experiences, right? If you go to some new fancy restaurant that has, you know, some kind of weird light show and there's a performance, opera singers come out on the balcony and you've never heard of that before. 
And then you go, you get all dressed up, you go to that experience. That's going to be awesome because like, wow. And I've been to a restaurant like that. Opera, your waiter or waitress served you. And then they went on the balcony up top on the second level and they sang like an aria, opera singers. It was a restaurant in Philadelphia started by an opera singer. That was so cool, right? Like people are going to go out of their way to do something like that, you know? And everyone watching this, I work with clients all the time. And I'll say 75% of the time when we're digging into like, what's your message? What's your best offer, right? Three out of four times, they're like, well, I keep wanting to say this, but you know, it doesn't fit. Ah. Right? <laughs> oh yeah. And it's like the thing that you're holding back, I'll say it's probably maybe your best thing, you know, but you've been taught you can't do it that way. And I'll just challenge you to open your mind. Anytime someone says it always works this way or that'll never work, I'll say 99.9% .9 of the time they're wrong and challenge that. You can't do it that way. Like I, there's so many people when I went on to Facebook, you can't make money on Facebook. There's no ads. You can't buy ads. That was the mindset back then. You know, I wished it was purely organic still. I would just, it would really kill, you know, but now you can buy ads on Facebook, but um, challenge it. If someone says it can't be done, why? And mm -hmm. in our industry, the thing that just, it used to bother me. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. Now there's so many beliefs that are unproven that sure, maybe it works that way. Maybe it doesn't, but like people preach this as a conviction, like you have to do sales calls. I hear that like almost every day. It's because it works for them, Brian. It's because it works right. for them. And everybody's coming from the point of it worked for me, so it must work for you. But that, that's, that's where the problem lies. If there's no personalization. What is going to work for me maybe will not work for you or, or for someone else. Uh, and that's the thing. Maybe you don't feel good on sales calls. So there's, there's, it's really you're going to shoot yourself in the knee if you make sales calls, if somebody forces you to do that. So that, that's the problem, I think. But again, we're coming back to that, to that lack of innovation to that lack of you know just just being um bold in your approach should we say because i think what you said is it's very poignant here people are scared people are scared to just say hey that's not how i do things that's not who i am that's not what kind of represents me right and they are scared because we are all fearing, you know, judgment or that it's not going to work. Or if it's just in my head, then it's not, you know, that it, there's no threat that it's not going to work out. But then if I put it out there, there's a huge chance that people are going to kick me to the ground. Right. And Magdalena, this is beautiful. You're mentioning this because we were talking about something that's going on right now with Matt. Is it Rife? Am I saying it right? Yeah. He's like my wife's favorite out. comedian. She's shown me so many clips. And the, the principle here is, this is getting more and more important. It's okay. You put out a message, you put out an offer and you, you see the response. This is a dance. I do what I think's right. But then the clients, the audience, they have to want it too, right? It's a dance. So in that situation, sometimes I'll put out the right offer and then maybe no one responded to it. But now is, was, I have to ask myself, was that the right offer or the wrong offer? Sometimes I have a conviction. I know it's right. They don't know it yet. I'm the expert. I'm the master, right? So I have to have that conviction. Am I doing what's right? Sometimes I put it out and if it didn't land, I'm like, you know what? That was weak. That wasn't right. And I'll change. I'll be like, you know what? Okay. I caught myself. It just went through my filter. I let it out because I had this idea. 
But when I really look at it, no, that's the, a- the absolute right answer. The conviction's everything, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to form our audience based on what we really believe. And it's, we're tested in what we believe. Other people's agendas and our audience's agendas, right? So having this conviction is everything. And we see comedian like Matt Reif, right? Ma- making a joke. He's a comedian, by the way. Isn't that what they do? And it was a funny uh, joke, though. I'll just I'll just point out all of my favorite comedians, Richard Pryor, George Carlton, um, Ricky Gervais, Ricky Gervais, <laughs> Mitch Hedberg, Mitch Hedberg, uh, Bill Hicks, uh, biggest one right now in a way, um, Dave Chappelle. Yeah, very controversial. They all say things that some people don't like. But that's comedy. But that's the essence that's of it. It's truth. Anyone telling the truth, a lot is going to be unpopular. People don't yeah. like hearing the truth. Now, I'm not saying his joke that's controversial right now was the truth. I'm saying it was a joke. But conviction, Magdalena, what do you think about the conviction behind it? I mean, you know, I think this is a very interesting example that you've given because this is a great case study for all marketers or all branding people right now is to watch what's going to kind of evolve from this. Because in this particular situation, we are dealing with, okay, let's put aside the fact that it was a joke that was sensitive in nature. But this guy is known for making jokes sensitive in nature. And like you said, good comedy, like really, really punchy comedy is controversial in nature because it brings forth you know, all the things that are shitty about us, you know, all the things that are stereotypical, that are probably hurtful, that are dark. And that's, that's what comedy is about. It's about taking those dark aspects, those shady aspects of us as human beings, and just laughing out of them. Because if we don't have that, what are we left with, right? The the world is miserable as it is, very miserable, especially recently, everybody's offended about every freaking thing. But I think what is interesting here from a marketer's standpoint, is that what you said, what, which is the audience that you're speaking to? Yeah, so Matt Rife has built his audience because he's a very attractive guy. So obviously, majority of his audience is going to be women. And that's how he became known, right? In fact, I think I've watched a few videos on TikTok now of those outraged women <laughs> that he's made the joke, are uh, like, you know, stating things like, oh, his pretty privilege does not allow, you know, the, the, him to go this far. Or, or... Uh, for example, like he built uh, his career on us women, you know, how dare he tell me that you did not listen to his jokes without telling me that you never listened to his jokes. Like what were those people focusing on? And I think what he's done and the fact that he's doubling down right now, and I hope he keeps on doubling down, by the way, because that would just go, go, go to show that he is mindful of his branding, of his messaging. If he doubles down, if he keeps on doubling down, it just shows that he's doing it on purpose. He's been for the longest time talking about the fact that the audience maybe that he's catering to is not the right audience for him. And this was a perfect way to formulate that message into the audience that he actually wanted to have from the very beginning. What do you think? Okay, this is so deep. We could talk about this for three days. Abraham Lincoln said, if you try to please all the people all the time, it's impossible, right? You can please some of the people some of the time. You can't please all the people all the time. Here's what's great about this opportunity for Matt Reif. As you said, Magdalena, I'd love to see him continue. But here's the opportunity, right? There's a 
bunch of people. I'm one of them. Magdalena, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're one of them from our conversations. There's a bunch of people that sees the ridiculousness of people being so easily triggered, so easily offended. And it's like this. Where's the love? This guy can say 999 hilarious jokes and he makes one bad joke because he's improvising. He's trying to grow. And like one joke, you want to destroy this guy's career. Like the vampires who create nothing, it's easy to cut someone down and destroy them and try to do that. Right. But again, these are the people that are trying to like ruin society, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. They're not creating anything. Why, why do you have the time to just be like obsessed? With I wanted to ask, why do you have the time? Because, because you're not doing anything. I'm, I'm being honest here. Right. And okay. What's, what's the segment of that population? I'll say it's 10% of people. It actually seems on social media a lot more than it is because these people have no time. They're, they're losers, really. <laughs> Now I'm getting emotional. But it's, it's idiotic. Like my brother's ex-girlfriend, right? She sat around all day trying to get people fired from their job because of something they said online. She would like, look for something that someone said insensitive. And like no, no one in the family likes this girl, right? But trying to get someone fired all day long. She refused to work. Like, you know what I mean? Like your whole mission is just to bring people down. Oh, anyway, wow. Here. So Matt Reif, the illusion is that these people can actually hurt him. I don't think they have that power. He's got I, I don't think, no, he's, he's way too big on right now. It's... We can point out the ridiculousness of these people who are, you know, and they're not going to go away. They're always going to be there. You know, there's always critical people. But they only have the power you give them. I'll give you a really good example. Last year, I was doing a huge promotion. I was selling $30,000, one post, 30 grand, 24 hours last year, my biggest post, right? I was, everything I was doing was like hot. Everyone's buying, I'm getting three, four clients a day. And that went on for like three months. I had a really hot run, right? And I noticed this moment. I was teaching everything live. I wasn't pre-recording the training because I wanted people to show up and implement and get the live training, right? This is next level better than just buying a course, right? Out of like 150 people, one person was like, oh, I think you should record everything and I want a transcript. And she got really like pissy. And I said, well, this isn't for you. I refunded her money. I let her out. She wanted to go on a crusade saying that all of my training should have been transcribed and made into a book for her because she wanted it that way. And I just said, sorry, that's not what I'm doing. But I've seen so many times where like someone, you might be promoting an offer, you sell it for six or seven people buy it. One person might actually want to change what you're doing. And I've seen it. I've done it. Like I didn't do it this time because I'm smart. I, I'm hip to it. But in the past, I've had an offer that sold 10 offers in 10 days. On day 11, someone like asked a question and they, they suggested I do it differently. And all of a sudden I stopped the promotion. Maybe I should have a cheaper version of this. And then I spent three months creating the lower ticket thing that I didn't want to deliver. And then I'm promoting this $97 thing or $37 thing. And then I literally caught myself doing this like a couple of years ago. I fell for that trick. I said, like, what the fuck am I doing? I was selling a $5,000 offer. I sold five of them or 10 of them. I sold, you know, I forget the circumstances. That's why I'm saying five or 10. I sold a bunch. One person like, oh man, you know, like, I, I think I should have access to this cheaper thing. And then I spent three months creating that and I hated it. And I quit doing it. Like as soon as I realized I was doing that, you know? Mm. So I don't want Matt Reif to do that. And yeah, be bold. Look, speak out. He's got a great opportunity to speak out against the bullshit that's happening in our world. 
you know absolutely and what i always say to to my people as well is the people that are the most memorable are the ones who are who are the most convicted you don't like right? it, who stand in their convictions like who do not give up especially when there's somebody like you said you you gave in you gave in to that one person that had a problem yeah. there's always going to be a person that has a problem like i didn't have a conviction i didn't have yeah. a conviction that i was right you know exactly exactly and it's funny because um I, i can't believe you said about your family member i've actually wanted to make a joke that people make it a full-time job right now to 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 just bitch on the internet basically but it turns out that people actually do do that i feel like it was just in as my an head, excuse but... as an excuse to not really do anything it gives them a noble purpose in their warped mind oh my god oh my god it's nuts. I, I, that's totally crazy and we all said to the brother get rid of this girl you know get away from her she there's a lot of other stuff going on with her but yeah it's her excuse to like not contribute not you know no dear lord Moving on. Let's get rid of that negative energy. Just moving on. Yeah. Reiki, I'm taking away from the listeners. and hey, the, the shining watchers. light. <laughs> I'm taking shining away light on a bad situation. It makes it good. But you did mention, you know, courses. And obviously, there, there is a good side to courses because obviously it automate, automates the process a little bit. You are able to go to more people. People are able to, you know, go with their own self-pace to, to go through the materials that you have but you are more of a proponent is because you do feel that that high ticket programs are more the ones that are interactive in fact i've been a part of your interactive meetups and they've been amazing and there is this energy to it right when you're doing it live and what i wanted to get to is your main core offer is the icon mastermind this is a very high ticket i mean like very high ticket depending on again for who yeah this is a high ticket offer but masterminds have a tendency that they are complete opposite to courses what kind of led you to feel like to 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 go from okay i don't want to do courses anymore in fact you are the kind of person who would give everything away for free if you could you, you just you have such a wonderful heart you really want to help like wherever i see brian online guys and you have to know that he's like he's giving away some course <laughs> he's going to give you something but the fact of the matter is you are all about community you are all about that live interaction and that's what a mastermind is but what led you to that point that you decided this is what I want to put you know all of my energy into and why do you think this is more valuable than let's say a course okay I'm not knocking all courses I mean I, I play guitar I've, I've purchased many courses on guitar techniques and stuff you can learn something great from it um, in the marketing realm though and this is applies to like a lot of fields but I'll just stick to marketing because that's my specialty in the marketing world Data, okay, what worked six months ago is no longer valid for 90% of the strategies. Things I was doing six months ago that were killing it, 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 it's not that it doesn't work anymore. It's that now you have to do four times as much of that as you had to six months ago to get the same result. Okay, yeah. so reason number one, like it used to be things would work for like, hey, you know, a year or two webinars were great for like two or three years. And then it just started to be where you needed twice as many people to go to your webinar to get the same results. And then four times and then 16 times, you know, I had webinars that converted 40%. People signed up for it. 40% of the people bought. I was one of the first to do webinars. Now that's like, that's crazy. It's not going to happen. 
you'd be lucky like 4% would people wouldn't believe you. So things that work because of the way, like, look, anyone who figures it out, they're going to share it on social media. People are going to find out really quickly what's working now. That's what happens. Right. So I'll say with anything scientific in our world, it's changing so fast. The past is no longer a predictor of future success. So the problem in our industry is people are looking for proof for what's going to work in the future, but that is emerging now. Like the strategy hasn't been implemented yet today. I'm always looking at, okay, based on the trends, what's the new technique that's never been tried before that we should try today that is going to be the best thing that works next month. That's an entirely different problem to solve than trying to see, okay, over the last six months, what works best. By the time you get 30 testimonials saying it works this way, that strategy now, it's to me, it's expired. It's no longer the cutting edge thing to do. When I came on the Facebook, I was first. I saw the new opportunity. It's always easiest if you're first, you know? So that's number one. Number two, I just, you know what? From being in this industry, I'm sick of people talking about what to do. I want to just do it. Like <laughs> the most fun and, and jazzed I've been is when I'm working with people. So like the way I work with my clients is it's not a huge course. I like, I can explain in five minutes, like, Hey, here, here's an idea, make a post about this. And rather than saying, watch this hour long course that explains the principle, let's look, you know what, what if you just made a post about this? They make the post it flops, doesn't get a good response. All right, let's try this. Boom, that hit gold. 30 people are asking for more information. Okay, make this 10 minute video, send it to them, right? I'd rather just be doing that to see what works right now and we get the fast result, you know? But I'm just, I don't see the point anymore of let's have two calls a month and let's wait till those calls to make decisions. The world we live in changes so fast. We benefit by making decisions as fast as possible. And I'm just, I worked with that lower level where like the thing that aggravates me the most is someone who spends six months trying to put an offer together. No, you have 24 hours to write the thing up and start promoting it. Until 30 people see that offer, you have no idea if it's a good offer or not. It's, there's $10,000 coaching programs, which are really courses that say they're coaching programs on let's just mentally masturbate and talk about what we're going to do <laughs> and not do it. I, I hate that. There's people who want to pay money for that. I'm not into it. That's my conviction. I, I just don't, I'm just not into it. It's not fun for me. It can be profitable. And I'm not saying no one should do it. You asked why I chose to do it this way. I really want to, the most fun I've ever had in business is you know, when I had a business partner and we're just brainstorming and we're implementing, that's the most fun for me doing it. I like to be in the trenches on the battlefield doing, I'm the general. I want to be on the battlefield, moving the troops into place. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and the problem with making courses, and it's a problem anyone's going to encounter is, is, is the thing expired before people actually have a chance to use it? You know, it takes a while to produce courses. It, it takes, you know, historically, it takes me two or three months to make an awesome course that I'm really proud yeah. of. Yeah. And by then in today's world, it's kind of expired. So, you know, again, having made thousands of hours of courses in my career, um, I'm just, 
I've graduated to the next level. I, I really, I love the implementation so much. Mm, mm, gotcha, gotcha. I mean, I, I'm going to disagree slightly with the, it wouldn't be me if I didn't disagree with something. <laughs> with you know the fact that certain methods are no longer working like webinars it's just a case of they may no longer be working in the way that they used to and everything can be tweaked to work um in fact i'm i'm very very big believer that everything works it's just a case of finding the person who is going to work for and adjusting it in such a way that is going to be make sense within the whole structure of how your business works, right? If that makes sense. So yeah. this is just the only little thing that I'm going to disagree because I think every single method works, they just work differently and they require a completely different approach to what was, right? We used to get those like slides, like you have to say this and that time in the webinar and then they're going to buy it. Maybe those things no longer work. But if you do um, put in your own twist into things, you can make gold out of every single marketing method out there. And let me just kind of, you're absolutely right, Magdalena. I wasn't arguing against that. <laughs> now look, look, this, this is an example of actually why am I here today? I'm, if everyone's doing it, I'm not doing it. Everyone's doing it because it works. But I, I want to work with the people who they want the different thing. They want the cutting edge thing. They want the thing no one else is doing. That's yeah. my ideal client. So yeah. while you're right, all of that works. Yeah, you can make an automated webinar funnel and drive ads to it and make millions of dollars with that. I'm not arguing against that. But that's not the people that I want to work with or that want to work with me. I, I am working with the people who want to be like Prince. You can't compare Prince to anyone else. You can't compare David Bowie, an original. So for me, I want the artists, like the people who want to do marketing, who want to create a whole industry for themselves. They want to yeah. redefine. Yeah. I want new coaching industry. I just don't, I'm not into the way that it works. But um. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Some people would be totally fulfilled just making an automated webinar funnel. And man, I, I it all works for me and I drive ads to it. That's great. A lot of people are happy doing that. I'm not arguing. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that's not, I'm not here to help people do what's already been done. Mm, mm. I get it. I get it. I, I actually get a kick out of redoing things that people have been doing for the longest time. That's, so yeah, sitting yeah. down and thinking, how can I do it in such a way that nobody would actually expect that you can use this tool in that way? <laughs> and there's that too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so there you go. It depends on how you approach things, who you're serving. You're very, very right. So, okay, one thing that's very big right now, because you've been talking about, you know, the implementation, the work, the, the feel of actually doing things on the spot. Well, masterminds um, not, are not the only medium that kind of utilize this. In fact, something that's very, very popular right now are memberships. Yeah. What is the difference and which one's better, in your opinion, or which one would you still mastermind? Or do you think that memberships are a very good thing to utilize right now for marketing you can call it whatever you want right because there's you could define mastermind five different ways you could define memberships different ways in fact i have a membership like what most people define as membership as well so icon launchpad is for the people who are trying to figure out their offer the people who like don't understand the marketing process that's yeah. that's a lower price right so that's more of a membership with the calls and the support that happens less often. For, in my opinion, the mastermind is 
you get answers daily and we're implementing like, like on, on Monday, we might be creating the strategy for the week. And by Friday, the sales are, are there, you know, we've implemented, we've generated leads, but we're doing it in real time. Yeah. You know, there's not a 10 hour course to go through to understand what to do. The membership is the course with the support, in my opinion. Um, I believe support's important. I think everyone who's paying money should have the ability to ask a question, but if it's something that's like under $300 a month, it makes a lot of sense to have the twice monthly calls and here, submit your question to this thread and we'll answer that on these calls. Yeah. I've done open office hours for stuff like that, where yeah. it's a self-paced course, but there's support attached to it. Mm. A month could be a course of no support. You know, it's just, this is my belief on value here, you know, but at the same time, you could give a $37 a month membership that has one call a month and it could be incredibly valuable. You know, um, I have a telegram channel that teaches my abundance mindset. There's, there's no support. It's like, these are daily ideas and meditations, right? Hmm. Like if I'm not going to get into a crazy conversation on answering questions, all I say is, let me know if this inspired you, you know, I'm not expecting a response from people. It's just, I'm sharing what I want to share. That's, that's as valuable as my mastermind. I think sometimes, you know, things like that can be even, you know, can be very valuable because they cause people to think, to start triggering <laughs> those little gears that, that might kind of propel them to do something, right? Yeah. But there you go. Okay, Brian, because there's always a million dollar question. Yeah, I love your million dollar questions. So a million good. dollar question, million dollar question. So million dollar question for you is I'm sure what I always get those questions from my audience. So they are the awesome ones that kind of get those questions. Where do I find those high ticket clients? Where do I find those luxury people? Because they surely can't be on Facebook. They can't be on Instagram. Uh, this are, these are the opinions that people have. How do we find them? How do we find the people? How do we know that they're, they're the type of people that can afford our stuff? They are interested in our stuff. And how do we speak to them? Okay, so there's a couple of different ways. They're on the internet. Most people are on Facebook. If they're not on Facebook, they're on Instagram, uh, yeah, LinkedIn. You pick your platform. doesn't matter as much. They're all on YouTube. You know, every walk of life is watching YouTube. So uh, if you're not using ads, I mean, you're an ad away from all of those people. A lot of this is how are you speaking, right? How are you speaking to people? Um, here's, here's like something that very few people realize you completely control who's in your audience. So all of the people, like who is your audience? Who's going to read your content? The people you spend time with through private messages, through commenting on their content, through, if you host a private event, the people that you invite, um, all the people you spend time with is your audience. They're the ones that are going to follow you. Okay. So like attracts like, even if you start with just five of the right people, well, they know other people who are just like them. So like a big problem, a lot of people have is if you start off with low ticket messaging, get this free course, get this free, Hey, free, 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 struggle, struggle, struggle. You know, <laughs> then you have a low ticket audience, right? Yeah. So, and they're going to give all the low ticket values and mindset, you know, look, you know, there's this whole thing about entitlement, 
and everything should be free. That's a belief of a low ticket audience, right? So, but where are the high ticket people? Well, go look at all of your, I'll just say competitors. I don't believe that there's any competitors because if you do something unique the way that I've described, you really don't have competition. But go look at everyone with their main offer is priced at your price or higher, right? Well, if you go to their profile on Facebook, I'll just stick with Facebook because that's what I specialize in most. Go to their profile. Don't look at the, uh, the posts where they're giving things away for free. What posts are they posting where they're saying, ask for details about my offer? Or like saying, my offer's 5K, let me know if you're interested. Anyone who's, in that, anyone who's commenting on that post, I'll say high probability, they're a high ticket client. As far as individual people who have a high probability that they're the right person. Uh, you really can't tell by looking on the surface until you talk to people. I wouldn't just That's say, right. some people think I mean, like, just you've is, got the right title, let me reach out to you. <laughs> yeah. Well, where to find them is on everyone who has a better offer than use. I mean, publicly for free, that's where to find them. They're commenting on other people's offer posts. And you want to do that with aligned audiences. Like, hey, that person, you're secretly jealous and wish you could have their audience. That's a great place to look, you know? And of course, you're the best at what you do. You're the expert. But whose style are you like, man, I wish I could do it. That's pretty sweet. I'm almost intimidated by it, right? Be like, you don't have to tell anyone. To yourself, you're like, man, damn, they're good. You don't want to tell anyone, right? But you know, you're like, man, they got a good audience. Their audience... Yeah. You know, whose audience would you pick if they died tomorrow and willed it to you? You could pick anyone's audience. Whose would you pick? That's the best place to find them. But you're never going to know who they are to you to talk to them because everyone's trying to put up this persona that they're they're at a higher level than they are. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just say, don't be intimidated by someone who's preaching the seven figure, seven figure, eight figure talk. They might be totally broke and like. They're wanting to become that. And I'm not knocking it. I think that's wonderful. That's awesome. But just because someone is pretending to be that because they want people to believe that, don't be intimidated. Just realize, you know, the beautiful woman with all the makeup, what does she look like in reality when she wakes up with the sweatpants? Still beautiful, but you know what I mean? Like not, the, the, all women are beautiful. I don't care what anyone says. But, you know, it, it, when they're all made up, that's not how they look all the time. There are yeah. private moments where they don't, what do they look like on the toilet, right? Not, not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brian, so killer question. Is this not immoral? If you're going to other people's audiences, and that's another question from the audience, believe it or not, is it not immoral? Are you not poaching clients from other people? I want you to explain that part. Okay, so first off, I don't, as good as I am at marketing, I don't have the power to like truly poach someone's clients because like I can't make anyone buy from me. In fact, I, I'm big, hard against approaching anyone in a cold way and trying to sell them anything, right? I'm completely open. There's a process, right? I have to have conversations with people. They got to follow my content for a while. I'm not trying to like go there. In fact, I want to know if that's someone I would want to spend time with before I ever work with them, you know? So my intention, okay. Immoral is what's your intention. My intention is to build an audience of people that I can help. Right. So 
it doesn't, I can't really help the people who can't afford to ever work with me. I feel that that's immoral to try to like, if I were to build an audience of people where I know 90% of them can't afford me, now I'm presenting them with really sweet opportunities that they're excited about. And now they're like, man, if only I, I, I wish I could. That, that's kind of shitty to do that. Yeah. You know? So for me, what I do that's different is everyone in my audience, I'm just moving them one step forward progress along what I help people with. There's a journey. There's 15 milestones to get to where I take people, or there's 35, or there's 82. I'm just, help, I help everyone move one step closer. There's always the ability to like jump over 10 steps, work with me, where we could do that every day. But in my audience, I'm helping everyone. So when I go to someone that has an awesome audience, first off, I'm a fan of the person themselves. I, I actually appreciate and respect what they do. If I don't, I don't want their people. They're already the wrong people. So <laughs> first off, I admire the person who I'm, okay, they've got my audience. I don't, it's not their audience and it's not my audience. No one owns the audience, right? It's a audience, people who, yes. People who want to play guitar, they're going to subscribe to five guitar magazines. I, you know, like they're not only going to subscribe to my magazine, right? So look, it's public, it's open. That person's permissions allow me to go comment on their profile. It's all intention. I'm actually, my intention is to uplift the person who like, okay, I'm there meeting people in their audience networking. Uh, my mission, my eternal mission is to shine light on what's good. So I'm going over to Magdalena. We'll just say Magdalene is the, the aligned audience, right? So I go to Magdalena's profile. She wrote this awesome post. On the one hand, most people would be like, oh man, no, I'm the expert. Magdalena's not the expert. So, you know, <laughs> they want to like argue with what Magdalena said and say, no, you should do this instead. That's the a-hole way of doing it. No, I go and say, Magdalena, oh my God, what you just said is what people should be doing. So anyone here who just like, if you, if you read that, you didn't get this point, like what Magdalena said is awesome. So you should do that. First and foremost, I'm there to build Magdalena up. I want the relationship with Magdalena for, first and foremost, because if I have a good rapport with her, now it's natural. When I make a push, she might come and say, hey, Brian, that's a good idea. Thanks for sharing. I, I want to have an alliance and a friendship with my competitors because we're allies now. That's so much better. But in that conversation, I'm actually not targeting other people. I have friends in that audience. So I'm talking to my friends who are over there to boost Magdalena's conversation. Now, when I go to Magdalena's post and there's three of my friends, I knew them first, but they're also Magdalena's friends. I'm going to have a conversation that boosts Magdalena, what she said, and what my three friends said. They're, they're saying good things. I said, you know what? You're right. That's great. I'm there to encourage. But in doing that, other people see that and other people start following me. Other people get into the conversation. And if someone I don't know, like, first off, it, all the people who just said, yeah, Magdalena, 100%, you're right. <laughs> good for you. That's a, <laughs> That's a stranger, and, and they are Magdalena is 100% right. But like, if someone's not giving value to the conversation, I'm not going to approach them as a stranger and try to talk to them. But if someone, if they added value and they left a three paragraph or like a two paragraph thing where they said, Magdalena, I really appreciate what you said, and blank, I'm going to jump in and say, you know what, that's um, it's really cool that you pointed that out, and I'll add my little, I want to add value. So in fact, anyone who's smart, Magdalene is going to love it when I do that because I just boosted her engagement. And 
if someone ends up following me or add me as a friend, or even if I have a back and forth conversation, I'll send them the friend request. At this point, don't you feel like I've ethically earned the right to connect with them? I feel that that's completely justified. And But, I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you went there. I'm glad you said all of those things. And and it's true. It's it creates that kind of camaraderie as well because everybody yeah. wants to be seen. Everybody wants to be understood. Of course, everybody wants you to boost their algorithms by commenting on their posts, right? Uh, obviously. Uh, but like you said, it, it's it's not unethical. It's not immoral because you're just creating connections and uplift you do. And in fact. I would say your community, Brian, and I want everybody to know that that is watching or listening to the podcast is one of the most supportive communities. It's just because majority of us, we know each other <laughs> because we're somehow connected through this person or that person. We, we do know each other, uh, but everybody comes from the same place of actually, yeah, I just want to uplift you. I just want to you know, help you out by creating conversations, meaningful conversations, because I think what people are missing the most is it's not about just any engagement or, or massive engagement. It's about valuable quality engagement. And that's what your group does. So Brian, so that I don't keep you for ages, I, I could just speak to you for a month and that would be fine. But just to keep ourselves with the hours that we have provided for the podcast where can people find you because I really want people to get into your community I really want them to get a taste of it if you're an entrepreneur if you're especially a coach and consultant service provider this is the type of community you want to be in not the blend communities where you just get bombarded with offers or whatever it is that people do nowadays in groups I in fact I actually have to sign myself out of most of them but your group Brian Where can people, how can people contact you? How they can get themselves in there? Because this is going to be a complete life changer for your business and for you. Facebook, contact me on Facebook. You come to my profile, you can add me as a friend, send me a message. Um, and if you send me the words abundant freedom in Messenger, I've got a special gift for you. It's my mindset training. I, do, I sell it. But because of Magdalena's people, I hope that's okay, Magdalena. Oh, thank um, you so much. I really appreciate that. Oh, so it's, 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 it's a monthly membership, but I get free access on Telegram. It's a Telegram channel with my abundance mindset. So if you want that, just send me a messenger message, Abundant Freedom, and I'll honor that. It's, a, it's what I'm giving away for Black Friday this year. I don't do a Black Friday sale. I give a Black Friday gift, and um, I'll send that to anyone who watches this episode forever. So if you ever want access to that, find me on Facebook. And um, you can go ask Magdalena for the link. You know her on Facebook. See, um, they, of course, I'm I'm mainly on Facebook. This is my my home. <laughs> that's where I live. <laughs> See, that's guys. Anybody listening? That's why I love him. That's that's the kind of person Brian is. It's like he's just going to give something to you because that that's the way he is. He doesn't have any ulterior motives. And if you're ever wanting to connect with people that are genuine, that are truthful in their marketing. Brian and his community and people around him are exactly the kind of person you should be seeking out on the internet in a sea of sameness, in a sea of dishonesty, in a sea of bank statements and horrible shady tactics. This is where you want to be because 
we are going we always grow with community we always grow if we uplift one another and and the journey is so much quicker and so much more exponential and i'm, I'm sure brian you're going to agree with that not like you said with uh the mindset of there's a competition 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 no if we work together we uplift each other the funny thing is and i think i don't know if we've said that in this episode none of our clients are actually going to be the same because we are different yeah and I think people should just let go of that predicament of, oh, if, if you're going to take my clients, then I'm not going to have clients. No, because if those <laughs> clients go with somebody else, they, it, they were not meant for you because that someone else was speaking to them in a way that you could never speak to them. And here's what, look, if you're not in the high ticket world, you're trying to be, here's a, a good point about that. Um, my all of my best clients, the kind of clients where you know it's like two out of ten, the very best clients, those people, they are working with three different coaches at the same time. I'm just one of them because that like so. What's great about it is they are not hogging my time. They'll come ask me one question. I it's the easiest thing in the world for me to answer it, and I don't hear from them for a week. They come back and they're like, "Oh yeah, I sent the email, I made the post." I got three clients from it. Thanks. Okay. Here's what I'm thinking next. And it's their idea. And they're like, it's kind of a throwaway idea, but should I do it? I'm like, Oh my God, that's genius. Do that. Right? <laughs> Cause they're working with three different coaches. So it's not monopolizing my time and they're the ones paying me the most. So is, am I stealing Magdalena's client or are Magdalena and I both having an opportunity to work with awesome people? Like, yeah. and it's just so funny because when I get really close with someone and start working with them, we start to have the same clients sometimes, you know? And in fact, that's the situation right now. I've got a couple of clients who I share with other people in a way, like they've hired me and the other person who you would look at as a competitor, yeah. but no, you know, like they may be hiring someone else to write some of their copy for them. I don't provide that, but I'll teach you how to have a great message, but yeah. the best clients want both. Because then whatever we develop in the message, they're sending over to the copyright. Isn't that a full circle? Because what you're talking about here uh, and the, the messaging, so the secret source, the weapon, so to speak, is in speaking in such a way that creates connection. And regardless if it's, if it's a connection with the clients, if it's a connection with potential collaborators or, or just creating that community of people that would support one another, just with that one thing, with your words, you can completely change the landscape of how you operate in your business. And that has what has always attracted me to this world. You can sit down and type a message or hit record and share words, share intentions, share ideas, and people will give you money for that. The fact that that's possible, forget about if you can do it or not. Like the fact that people can do that, to me, that's pure creation. It's magic. I will go for a ride and I will say, okay, let me get to my office. I will type 1200 words and people will send me 10 grand when I have ideas. The, I don't, whether I did that today or not, doesn't matter. If anyone's doing that, I want to get good at that. I want to be great at that. And I'll I tell you, I know a lot of people who do exactly that. So whether you know how to do that or not, you can learn that. I would say that's one of the best skills to learn. You should absolutely try to learn that. Yep, go talk to people and know how to do it. If that didn't convince you, I don't know what will. So guys, get yourselves on Facebook, uh, get in touch with Brian. 
if you want to learn messaging or if you just want a lovely supportive community or you just want to get into Brian's wonderful energy because I'm sure that you've noticed here in this episode already uh, that he does have wonderful energy then go to Facebook find his name and absolutely get in touch it's worth it it's going to be worth it and Brian because this is all the time that we have today. Um, I just wanted to say again, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for coming over. Like I said, I hope that we do this again. Uh, maybe not on the podcast, maybe in some other medium, maybe on Facebook, there you go. Uh, but but yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. And there was a lot of things that our listeners are going to get out of it. If only, actually, I would recommend you guys watch it two times or three times or listen to it two or three times because there's just been so much that I can see it as a marketer of 20 years, but even I know that I've missed something. So I'm going to definitely rewatch it a few times. So guys, all the links as usual are going to be under the description of this episode on your favorite podcast platform, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as YouTube. Um, and there you'll be able to find Brian's details, website and, and any contact that you could have. And of course, the code that Brian gave. I love your codes, Brian. I love your little codes everywhere. <laughs> We're going to put it in the description as well. So please go there and find it. And of course, don't forget to love, share and subscribe. This is the easiest way to support the channel for free so that we can continue bringing you wonderful guests and interviews and knowledge on how to become the person that others wish to follow. So thank you so much, guys. And thank you again, Brian. This is it. This is the end of season two and we'll be with you in 2024. But of course, remember to follow the channel because there will still be videos with the best highlights of season two. So if you're not the kind of person that likes to listen to an hour long podcast, I know I see you guys over there. We will be providing highlights that are eight to 10 minutes long so that you can get the best information, the gist, my million dollar questions all straight um, whenever you wish. So yeah. Thank you again. Thank you, Brian. And I'm going to see you guys in the next year. Thank you. Aloha.